When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 630 Chad. It's another night where the Edmonton Oilers fall behind. It's another night where they can't finish their scoring chances. And it's another loss. Fourth in a row, in fact. The Anaheim Ducks knocking off the Oilers 4-1 tonight. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 11.05 Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. The Oilers survived the first two minutes tonight which they haven't done a lot of lately, but they still give up the first goal at 7-13. Nick Ritchie scores it. The Ducks get two more in the first eight minutes of the second period. Oilers with a lot of pressure in the last ten minutes of the second period. They get a goal by Leon Dreisaitl, but then the Ducks, a very composed third period, took the Oilers over half the third period to get a shot on goal. Antoine Vermette got an insurance marker, and that's how it ended tonight. 4-1 for the Ducks. The Oilers do shoot Anaheim 34 27, including uh, 17-9 in that second period. Well, Rob, I mean, look, I, I don't want to just say it's it's only about the offense. They're obviously giving up too many as well. But the last three games, 117 shots on goal. The Oilers have scored four times. That's a 3.4 shooting percentage. Yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games uh, when the puck's not going in the net for you. They're, they're it's tough. You see the record, you know, 0-4, and you think, all right, same old Oilers. But then you start watching the games, and you see a lot of good things. You see times not only of outplaying but dominating the other team, and we've seen that for, for longer and longer stretches. This team with a number of guys that are, are capable of putting the puck in the net are just snake-bitten, and it's not that their goalies are standing on their head. The goalies are playing well, but the, the Oilers are missing open nets. A number of times where they've got wide open cages and, and they're flubbing it, they're shooting it wide, they're hitting posts, and then they have the big mistake. And today there's a big mistake. A guy changes when he shouldn't. Uh, a D-man pinches, gives up a four-on-one. Those big mistakes are coming back to haunt them where the Oilers aren't capitalizing on the other team's big mistakes. Connor McDavid, no goals in his last nine. Benoit Pouliot, no points in his last ten. Milan Lucic, no points in his last four. Just some of the numbers that stick out tonight. Leon Dreisaitl had a three-game streak without a point. He ended that tonight. The only Oiler without a point is his goal remains unassisted. We thought Cassian might get a helper on that, but the official score sheet isn't there. We want to hear from you tonight, 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Well, let's start at the beginning here, Rob, with some details from you on the, the line change that led to the uh, Nick Ritchie breakaway there. Well, the Oilers have been out for a while, and they needed a line change. Uh, Lucic had the puck, tries to get it in deep, doesn't. Uh, the Anaheim Ducks pick up the puck, and the players, they had the forward change. The two D-men stayed on. Nurse and Sacra stayed on the ice, smart, because Anaheim has the puck. Anaheim skates forward, doesn't see what like what it sees, and I, I believe it was, I think it was Perry, it might have been Getzlaff, turns back to his own end. And when he, t- it, was, it was Perry, turns back to his own end, but still in the neutral zone. Sekra sees that and leaves the ice. Yep. And all of a sudden, Perry snaps it to Getzlaff. He hits Richie, who came off the bench. 
and I believe it was Griba was chasing him. Was chasing. He had no chance at all. And it was Sekri can't leave the ice. Anaheim has the puck in the neutral zone. You cannot leave the the ice. You can't do the change there. He does it, and all of a sudden the Oilers are down one nothing, giving up the first goal and yet another hockey game. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Just one goal for the Oilers tonight. That means a twenty five dollar donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. That comes from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast paced world. And we will start off with Nathan on line one. Hey Nathan, thanks for calling. Hi. Hello. Well. First of all, I didn't like the, the starting, the opening lineup. Like, I've, I've been watching the games lately, and I've been watching Pouliot and Everly a lot, and I really think they need a, need a new element with McDavid, and Everly shouldn't be on a power play with them, or, you know, even when, under uh, scoring chances, most of the time it's, like a, it's almost like a power play, and they still can't, you know, score. All right, anything else? Well, also, uh, like the goaltending, I, I really, I still think the Oilers are a really good team. However, Talbot's not a, a, a what, 50-game starter. I think they, they got to stretch him out more. He looks a little bit tired on his on his saves and whatnot. Well, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a valid point. I think that when Talbot started the season, what, 6-1, and 7-1 or, or whatever he was, it was easy to play him every game because the Oilers have had a very good schedule going every second night but if you in the last eight nine games he's the wins aren't coming the save percentage is well down from what it was the goals against average has gone up and the fact that Gustafson went in and played very well in his one win it, it now allows or suggests that maybe Gustafson should get a few more starts and maybe Talbot, there, there is a little bit of fatigue in. I, I'm not putting the losses on Talbot, but Talbot is not as uh, unbeatable as that we saw at the beginning of the season with him. Nathan, you're going to play finish the play tonight. You can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Here we go. Michael Scarbosa playing his 19th NHL game tonight. Here's Lander, a breakaway, in over the lawn. McDavid, backhand. All right, goal or no goal there, Nathan? No goal. Michael Scarbosa playing his 19th NHL game tonight. Here's Lander, a breakaway, in over the lawn. McDavid, backhand and denied. Rebound swept into the corner. What a look, and McDavid was wide open. Good stuff, Nathan. O'Connor McDavid breakaway with 10 minutes left in the second period. Went to the backhand, was not able to get a shot on goal. The Oilers were trailing 3-0 at that time. They would later get a goal from Leon Dreisaitl, but that was it tonight. It's 11-11. Thanks for tuning in. We have Greg on the line. Hey, Greg. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well. Um, so i got a couple questions first off. Um, I noticed throughout the, the game there was a... A few players, and I'm not going to name any names because I don't want them to get crap all over on the radio station tomorrow on all the sports channels. But they stopped uh, skating uh, quite a lot tonight on back checks, uh, pucks coming around the boards in the defensive zone. Um, it would have been nice to see a little more giddy up and go. Um, but uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask is uh, um, what the heck has happened to their power play? Like, uh, isn't Woodcroft, I do believe his name is right, Woodcroft? Jay Woodcroft, uh, yes. Yeah, he was with McClellan in uh, San Jose, and we had a dynamite power play, and, and watching their power play tonight, it looks anemic, and like McClellan said, it looked 
good doing nothing. And tonight, too, as well, there's too many cutesy-wootsy passes. They're not shooting the puck enough. They're trying to get that set-up play. Like, I know they don't have a bomb from the point, but any shot from the point or any shot from anywhere is better than passing it around and waiting for that, that one play. Like, on the five-on-three, it's five-on-three. Get the puck to the blue line, shoot it at the net, and then you, ha- you have excess players on the ice to crash and bang in front of the net to try to bang home a rebound. But they were still trying to do that cutie-wooty stuff, and, 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 and I don't know what's going on with that. If their power play was actually somewhat decent, the Oilers wouldn't, would probably will have a better record than they have already. But I'm just wondering what your opinion on that, and I'll let you go. Well, I, I know they want them to shoot the puck more, and they they don't just want shots from the the point; they want shots from the the flanks as well. I know there was one occasion tonight. McDavid threw a low one in from the right wing where he sets up, and and it created a rebound. I think where the Oilers had a rebound shot off it. So I I do know they are being instructed to shoot the puck and get a volume of shots on the power play. The the cutesy wootsy passing as as the caller described from what what I have gleaned is is not how it's necessarily being drawn up. Well, two things on what the caller said talking about the San Jose power play. Well, the San Jose power play it's also their personnel. I mean, Joe Thornton, one of the greatest passers that has ever played in the National Hockey League. They had a bomb from the point in Burns. They had uh, Boyle there before, who's one of the best power play guys in the last 10-15 years. Great shooter in Kucher, great shooter in Burns, Pavelski. So, part of the reason San Jose power play was so successful was what their setup was, but a bigger reason was the type of players that they were able to put out there. As for the the, the power play and the struggles of it here, uh, yes, they need to shoot more. And I think it starts with Connor McDavid. I think he has to be a little less unselfish and put the puck on net. You've got Lucic or Maroon or Puglia in front of the net. Most power plays become effective after the first shot is on net. Because as soon as the first shot is on net, all of a sudden the penalty killers start running around. If you just pass the puck around the outside, the penalty killers all know exactly where they're supposed to be. They practice it over and okay, you're out, I'm back, you're out, I'm back. Once the puck's put on net, now it becomes a bit of a cluster because the puck comes out in a certain area and now everyone's running around. That's when you can start to put the puck in the net. The other problem for the Oilers, especially on the five-on-three, they don't have the right-handed shots. So every time Connor McDavid makes a pass to a player, that player has to stop, turn his body towards the net to shoot. That allows, A, the defender to get in the shooting lane and the goalie to set up. When the defender gets in the shooting lane, now the player sees that, he moves the puck to the next guy, stops it, looks to shoot, defender in the shooting lane again. That's why the players who are told to shoot sometimes don't because their shooting lanes are being taken away. Oilers lose 4-1 to the Anaheim Ducks. They have dropped four straight in regulation time. You're going to hear from head coach Todd McClellan when we get back. If you're on hold, stay there. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Centre, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Down the middle, broken up by Lindholm. He'll jam it off the boards, and suddenly it's a 2 on 0 and then a puck check by Talbot, and it was chipped to the corner, eventually taken by Dreisaitl. Anaheim muffed that 2 on 0 and again, Perry having trouble with puck control. 
Shorthanded chance there by the Ducks. That's our save of the game for Armor Insurance. Complete a free quote for a $10 Tim card at armorinsurance.ca. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. 4-1, the Ducks beat the Oilers tonight. The Oilers falling to 9-7-1 on the season. Let's go back to Honda Center. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. When you look at tonight, Todd, is it kind of a similar theme that you've seen recently for the club? Lots of shots and chances, but the night ends in frustration. I, I think that's a fair way of putting it. Um, you know, I thought tonight, in comparison to maybe a few others, we had more aggressive plays around the net and and actually some open nets that we, we missed. Um, a lot of shots from the blue line that were blocked or missed the net, which was frustrating from an offensive perspective. Uh, defensively, I didn't think we gave up much, but it's still four goals against. I um, thought we needed to get out of the second period down one instead of two, and it would have uh, would have made a difference. I thought we had a little momentum, and then the, the, uh, the opportunity for them to regroup and... Uh, and, and get back to their game. Um, they started to win face-offs and took us out of it. So uh, it's disappointing, but we've got to regroup and we'll have a tough one on uh, Thursday. Can you say anything about what it takes for your guys to get back to your game? You've opened the season very well, and then now past few games haven't gone as well. No, they haven't. Uh, certainly in the result column, um, we're still doing some things that are are uh, good for our hockey club. Um, we need to find probably five or six individuals to pick their game up, whether it's on the blue line uh, uh, or up front. And, um, you know, when the margins are so tight in, in this league, uh, regardless of uh, being number one or number 30, uh, you can't get it done with um, average play from, from five or six guys. And we're not the only team in the league that, that finds that out on a nightly basis. Everybody does. All right, that's Edmonton Oilers head coach Todd McClellan as they lose 4-1 to the Anaheim Ducks. Did anything strike you there, Rob? No, I, I just think you can see frustration creeping into his voice. Um, uh, it's tough. I think that the expectations were high after the start to the season, the, the way that this team was built. And I think he's just frustrated that... Uh, as he says, certain individuals aren't playing up to their potential, and the Oilers aren't a good enough team to have 13 guys playing and, and have success. This is a team that needs everybody going, and they haven't been. And I don't know through. I don't think it's all through lack of effort. I just some guys are just uh, not producing at, at levels they're expected to, and I think that eventually gets into their game, and 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 they start to. Cre- or cheat in other areas of the game trying to get the, the offense going and, and it shows with goals against and the others just right now aren't good enough to, to come back against teams because the puck's not going in the net. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Jordan on the line. Hey Jordan. Hey guys. Yeah, I was just kind of follow up on that. I wasn't sure how you thought Rob about like that whole percentage drop off thing, that, that measure of luck where you add the scoring percentage plus the save percentage. I know we've been chasing behind in games, and someone earlier made the comment in the broadcast about how that tends to inflate it, you know, shots from the outside and stuff. But, um, you know, is it is it a simple matter of luck, or at what point does uh, sports psychology get into play where all these guys, you know, the 5-6 or, you know, you know, most of our top nine, except for a couple people, are, you know, just losing their confidence and and perhaps since the Pittsburgh loss like how much of it could you chalk up to them maybe wrongly doing positive psychology work hey let's just play our game keep it you know keep doing what we're doing and and here now we have a four game losing streak like is that part of the problem too or like what's your read on that yeah I mean 
I didn't understand how important the mental part of the game was until I played and got to the top level and all of a sudden things that seemed so easy before became difficult and you're like, okay, wait a sec, I haven't changed anything yet. Now all of a sudden you start changing things because, okay, this isn't working and you get completely away from things that had made you successful because you go through a rough patch. And then you start seeing when, when the greatest player that ever played golf, Tiger Woods, can't hit a ball on a green. It's all mental. So... There, there is a mental aspect to it. But when things aren't going right for you, you start to change. And all of a sudden, okay, I'm, normally I would, don't even think, puck comes to my stick, I shoot. Well, now I'm thinking. And when I think, I get into trouble. It's got to be instantaneous. It's got to be in you to all of a sudden you don't want to think. If you start thinking that's taking time, when you're taking time, all of a sudden things creep through your mind and now negative things creep in your mind. And if you're a team or a player that has been through long stretches of disappointment, of frustration, of a lack of success, which a lot of these Oilers have been through, then all of a sudden when a negative thing comes, when a losing streak comes, when a cold streak comes, you're like, oh, God, not again. So, yeah, there, there's a huge mental aspect that you start to wonder, you know what, can they get through it? Now, I believe they can. And at that point, what I, what I would do, and I know that right now they just talked about it in Toronto with Austin Matthews, They've got video of other good hockey players, in their case, a Zetterberg and a Crosby, and they watch what they do to be successful. And when I played, I had coaches, assistant coaches, that would get video of me doing good things, of me scoring goals, and I would take that home. And it was a VHS back then, back before DVDs, but you take that home and you watch it to make yourself feel good about yourself so that when you come to the rink, you're in a positive frame of mind. You know, Jordan, I'm wondering if at any point in his entire hockey-playing career, Connor McDavid has gone nine games without a goal. Probably not. Even as a well, rookie in year? I mean, he, he carried, like, uh, for large, like that first opening stretch of games, like we lost against, yeah, sure, like weaker teams overall, but, but it seemed like... Uh, I don't think it's just that we're going against better teams. I mean, we've been in close games. We found ways to win, and and I think is it like too much deference? People are just kind of giving them the puck too much instead of just doing what they got, what did, what they did to get here to this level. Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, there, there's a couple. I think Connor McDavid, and we talked about it with Bob after the game. He, he's got to be more selfish, and I know it, it, it's his nature to be an unselfish player to, yeah, I got a two-on-one, I'm going to pass. I'm go- I've got a guy on the far side, I'm going to get it to him on the power play. He's got to become more selfish. Shoot the puck, and think good things will happen from that. As for uh, playing against teams, I agree, I don't think these teams are, are better than the Oilers, but I believe that these teams have a better, a mo- are more confident. They're just, they know, they've been there before, they've won before, they've been through these, they, they believe they're going to win the game. And I don't know if all of the Oilers have bought into that belief yet. They hope, but I don't think they believe yet. When things go sour for the Anaheim Ducks, they know what to do. They had a terrible second period. They came out in the third and were awesome. The Oilers had a great second period. They came out in the third period, and they weren't very good. The Ducks had a terrible start to the season. They were 0-3-1. Yeah, and all of a sudden they're, they're tied with tied with the Oilers. Yeah, and I don't think it's I don't think it's lights out for the. Here's the thing, Jordan. I mean, talking about psychology, think of a fan psychology. The Oilers started seven and one. Now they've won two of their last nine. They're nine seven and one. If the Oilers had been going win loss win loss win loss win loss, it's mathematically possible for them to be at the same point in the season, alternating wins and losses. If they'd won the first game and one of those games had been an overtime loss, and everybody would probably be like, oh, "Okay, average team." But now it feels like they're a horrible team because they've lost four in a row. 
So what does McClellan do to uh, even it out for us here and get him back on track? Well, he's got to keep pushing the positives. He's got to keep pushing playing the proper way. Uh, Now maybe you you change the lines a little bit more. Maybe you go back to a different goaltender. I mean, they're not playing poorly. That's the thing. The four-game w- went losing streak, they weren't, they're not playing poorly. And we've seen them play poorly in the past. But you just got to continue picking the guys up and, and pushing the positives in the right way to play. Because sometimes, when, and we've seen it, when this team goes sideways, when things aren't going well, when you're doing the right things, they all of a sudden try to do the wrong things and win that way. And then all of a sudden, a four-game stre- stretch ends into an eight- or nine-game stretch. Jordan, thanks a lot for calling. we got to give you a news, traffic, and weather update. I haven't been outside for a while, but I do believe it's snowing. Great. So, uh, we'll have the latest on that. Quick break for the 11.30 news. We do have open phone lines. Uh, post-game reaction coming up from Connor McDavid. Ducks beat the Oilers 4-1. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Center. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Peranish Team Broadcast Center, Reed on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, another tough one for the Oilers. They fall behind. They don't finish chances. They don't convert on the power play. And they lose 4-1 to the Ducks. So it is four consecutive losses for Edmonton. The three stars tonight, Cam Fowler, third. Ryan Kessler, second star. Goaltender John Gibson, obviously all Ducks, the first star. Our fourth star of the game is going to be picked by Rob for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. Well, I thought Zach Cassian had a pretty good game tonight, but I'm going to give my four-star to Anton Slepeshev, who uh, threw his play tonight once again, got moved up into the lineup. He played a regular shift, led the team in shots with four, led the team in hits with five. Uh, in a night where things did not go well for the Edmonton Oilers, I thought Slepeshev, uh played well, and hopefully that'll earn him a little extra ice time in the next game as well. They really, uh, they really cut into Latestu and Landers' ice time tonight as well. Obviously, uh, you need a goal. Those guys don't don't usually get them. Lander played 9-16. Letestu kind of went out as a face-off specialist. He played 10-40. But the one that lost the most ice time was Tyler Pitlick, who True. had been playing so well and tonight only played just over 7 minutes, 11 shifts, and he, he went a stretch of about 25 minutes without a shift. So uh, when, you, when your team is not winning, lines get messed up, you start shortening your bench, and unfortunately those three guys who... Have none, did nothing wrong to merit it, but those guys aren't guys that you're expecting to score goals, and they unfortunately take the brunt and sit on the bench a long time. And that's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We have Ryan on the line. Ryan, thank you for calling, man. Hey, Ryan. Hey, um, I guess I just had two quick questions. One would be in my opinion, I guess that's a statement, I feel like Pitlick and Slepeshev should play a little more, so I guess my one question would be who would move out of the lineup to put both those guys in in a top six role? And I'll let you guys answer that one, and I guess I'll go to the other one after. So not you don't mean out of the lineup, but de- but down in the lineup if they played more well? Yeah, yeah, excuse me, sorry. Well, I guess, I, well, I mean, I, Everly and Cassian are the only two other right-wingers, Ryan, so... It's just a matter of if you want to separate uh, Eberle from from a, from a top from a top six role, 
like they they did in the third period against the Rangers? I guess that would be the question. Well, I, I think the player to me that would move down in the lineup and has struggled the most has been Benoit Pouliot. I know he's on the opposite but yeah, side. That's the thing. Yeah, but I, at that point, maybe you, a Pitlick goes and plays left wing. Or Slepeshev goes and plays left wing. Pouliot struggled. He's had a tough, tough start to the to the season. Um, they need more out of him. And the one thing, he, when you are a big player, and he's a big man, if the puck isn't going in the net for you, then you become physical. And you start doing those other things. And right now, a Pitlick or a Slepeshev, in the games that they've got in the ice time, they've done more. And Pouliot, he needs to be better. If this team is going to go anywhere, they need to have all their players playing and Pouliot's a guy that has struggled since right since the beginning of the season you can't go 10 you can't go 10 games without a point if you're on the top three lines for that matter and playing power play the fourth liner maybe Mm -hmm. uh anyway ryan what's your other uh, question there man i guess the other question i would have is how long do you think how long of a drought for McDavid and goals, do you think becomes a concern? Because I think he's the best thing ever, but it seems a little irregular that a guy that skilled would go this long without a goal. But is it time to worry, or do you not? Well, it it's it is a long time, and you wouldn't expect it, but there's no worry. I mean, he, he's been the best player on the ice almost every game. Sometimes the puck doesn't go in. Um, I mean, Sidney Crosby went through huge slump last year he had yeah i think he went the first six or seven games without a point and everyone started writing off Sidney crosby who ended up being the captain and the mvp of the playoffs and the captain and the mvp of the world cup um players go through stretches where they don't score all players do uh, austin matthews is going through that right now in in toronto and people are worried about him no there's there's no worry there's no concern you want he wants to score he wants to be more productive there's he's getting chances He's setting up chances. In the last three games, there's been three or four wide-open nets that his line mates have missed, including tonight he set Cassian, or sorry, he set Maroon up, complete wide-open net. So there's no concern, but you, you certainly need him to be productive because this team is not good enough with a quiet Connor McDavid. Yeah, and I mean, I think, Ryan, overall... And, and and look, I know people are, are are upset now, and they're afraid this is going to turn into the last uh, six. I mean, they're in the bottom three in the league six of the last seven years. They've been out of the playoffs in ten. Personally, I don't think it's going to turn into that. But but one thing that has been happening now is, and Rob and I have talked about this, Ryan, is obviously the the quantity of goals that you score is the most important. But sometimes it's the timeliness. I mean, what if McDavid scores on that breakaway? And then they get another one late in the period. It's 3-2 going to the third. Everything changes. Anaheim feels like, uh-oh. And the Oilers feel like, finally, we got a couple in a, in a relatively short span of time, right? So, uh, you know, I'm sure not only do you need McDavid to score, you need him to get go out there and get one in the first five minutes, right? One of these nights and actually have the team playing with the lead for once. Because when was the last time they led? <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, well, Pittsburgh. They, they led, led in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yes. Led in Pittsburgh. Yes, thank you. Yes, Brian. Do you mind if I say, sorry, do you mind if I say one more thing? Uh, no, not at all. I was just going to say, I'm 26 now. I got to enjoy the late 90s, early 2000s, 06 Cup run. No matter how much they've struggled lately, this is great. This is the best Warriors team I've seen probably in my lifetime since the 06 one. So everyone should just enjoy it. They're going to bounce back. we got Connor. 
Thanks Thank a lot, Ryan. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Well, I mean, look, I, before the season, I said the Oilers would win 38 times this year. Uh, I mean, we'll see where they go. I, I, I'm more optimistic about a playoff spot just because of how they started and because of the division. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still tied. for The Sharks had a chance to win in Carolina tonight. Carolina's not doing well. They lost. The LA LA's team. got issues, and, and and I know the Flames won tonight, but but Calgary, Vancouver, and Arizona are all are all struggling. But I mean, the, the Oilers have an average record mm-hmm. at nine seven and one. Um, I know they've gotten there by an extreme high and an, an extreme well, yeah, low. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, the, the record is where I would have expected them to be, and and the problem is the expectations and the bar got put so high with the start they had. I mean, I was before the season started, I said that the Oilers would not make the playoffs. I just thought it was too big a jump, uh, despite the the additions and the, despite the fact that they were going to be a better team. I just thought, I mean, they were going to have to to gain twenty, twenty five, thirty points in the standings from where they were. So I thought it was. I didn't think they would be a playoff team. I thought they would compete for a playoff spot. I thought there'd be important games in March and April. Uh, and I think where they are right now, record wise, is where I would have expected them to be. I just. You, the, the highs and lows, and you said it best when you talked about the fact that had the Oilers got to their record right now by win-loss, 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 then I don't think there would be the, the panic with, with, with the, the fan base and the media base. But the fact that they were 7-1, and one, everyone, oh, this is a top-five team. And now losing four, well, oh my God, here we go again. So I think the record is where they should be. Just the way they got there is a little mesmerizing. All right. We're going to hear from Connor McDavid when we get back. Brent is standing by on the phone line as well. 4-1, the Ducks take it tonight. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Pranish Team Broadcast Centre. Live from the Terry Perenich Team Broadcast Center, this is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 4-1 Ducks over Oilers tonight. Leon Dreisaitl, the only goal for Edmonton. Before we go back to the phone lines, here's Captain Connor McDavid. The most recent nights, lots of good efforts, lots of shots, just not enough goals. Yeah, but it's the same story, like we keep saying. Um, you know, eventually we got to bear down on our chances and, and start finishing them. I mean, you know, we carry the play a lot uh, there in the second period. Um, we'll give up another goal again. Um, you know, it's the same recipe. Kind of just waiting for some of those to start going in and everyone feeling a little more confident about their opportunities? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of guys are, are still feeling good about themselves. Um, no, we're getting there. You know, this is a good defensive team. They play hard in their own zone, and we were still able to generate some chances, which is positive. So we'll build on that. Um, you know, but you know, it's the same story. Like I keep saying, we gotta we gotta figure out a way to start finishing them. They were opportunistic. They didn't have a whole lot of chances, but when they did get chances, they scored. Yep. We give up a breakaway there early in the game. They score. Um, you know, three on two, they, they made the most of the power play and, and uh, you know, kind of a, a goal because we were kind of pushing hard to, to get to get one. So um, they're opportunistic and um, they did a good job uh, bearing the chances. You found yourself a short breakaway there. What happened on that? Uh, the guy, yeah, the guy, uh, you know, I thought I had more time than I did. Maybe slowed down a little bit too much. So, thanks. That is Connor McDavid, 4-1, the Ducks win. You know, we have this thing called the Japanese Village Goal Light. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game. 
They have only scored four goals in their last three games, but if they do hit five in a game, and I think one is coming, we'll turn it on on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer. Japanese Village, three locations, downtown, south side, north side. All right, we have Brent on the phone line. Hello, Brent. Yeah, guys, how you doing? Doing well. Okay, I just have a couple comments. Uh, of course, tonight's game was oh, it was a good game. I thought the Oilers played very good, but we just didn't get the bounces. It seemed like every time, uh, you know, the bounce was going the other way. But, uh, of course, Connor McDavid, he's exciting to watch. Uh, it could have went to, at one point there when it was 3-1, I believe. It, it, you know, we could have came closer and made it, uh, you know, obvious, the obvious closer. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I just thought that it was a good game. And uh, I'm heading out tomorrow night to the airport and going to go watch the Oilers play in Dallas and uh, on Saturday and then go to the Cowboys game. Uh, go to NFL game first one that'll be off my bucket list and Rob I know you've been to a lot of NHL games obviously but have you ever been to an NFL game? I've been to lots I played in Chicago saw a ton of Bears games which was a lot of fun and I played in Pittsburgh saw a lot of Steeler games so yeah I have NFL it's fun I love all sports I enjoyed going and and seeing the the other sports and seeing them live, there's nothing better than seeing live sports. Brent, are you? Yeah, they're is telling this... me it's supposed to be pretty exciting because uh, the stadium holds a hundred thousand people. Yeah, it's massive, and they have that huge scoreboard as well that punters try to hit. <laughs> have you? Is this the Oilers now trip? Or are you going on your own? No, no, with the Bob and them. Yeah, I met with yep. them the other night. Yeah, good. Yeah, it'll be fun. I've I haven't been to as many NFL games as as Rob, but I've been to four in Seattle. And it was a pretty awesome. cool experience. They stand the entire time the Hawks are on defense. It's pretty fun. Excellent. You guys have a good night. Thanks, Brent. Appreciate that you called. We also have Kevin on the line. Hi, Kevin. You're on with Robin Reed. Hey, boys. How you doing tonight? Doing well. Good. I, I'm from Calgary. I wanted to say, first of all, Rob Brown, I followed you on the golf course at the Wings in Spruce Grove. You may have shot like four under. I think. <laughs> You're being way, way, way too kind. <laughs> I might have had four beers on that, but I'm not oh, sure. That's, about... what, that's what it was. I <laughs> But I just want to say to you guys, as a guy living in Calgary, Oiler fan for 15 years, I moved here 10 years ago. First year in my 15 years living here where I get complimented on my Oilers swag, my Oilers hoodies. But as far as this team now, losing like they have been, is the attitude different than it was, say, last year, the last six years, as far as in the dressing room? You guys are insiders, we're just clubs, watching from the stands. Do you see a different uh, like uh, attitude as far as like losing this many games in a row? as opposed to last year. Yeah, I do. And, and obviously, Kevin, I'm, I'm not on the road trip, but I, but I, right. I talk to so guys. We wish we were all Bob Stoffer, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if you ever mentioned that he travels with the team. But uh, I, I, I noticed when they got back from the, the five-game road trip, they were, they were kind of irritated. They, they thought they should have got more points out of it. Um, and even Patrick Maroon, after the last game they lost on Sunday, we, we played that post-game clip of him saying, like, okay, we lost three in a row. Like, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's a right. long season. And he was on an Anaheim team last year that started 1-7-2. and two. So, like, I, I don't I, I don't believe in moral victories, and I'm not trying to tell fans to, to feel good about losing four in a row. Right. But I do believe there's more composure. And I there's do not, believe... There's not that much give up in the dressing room is what you're saying. And I, and I also believe that... I know it's frustrating to lose, and I know fans invest time and or money in this team. But they would lose games to Anaheim four one in previous years where they might have one good scoring chance. Like we Absolutely. we, we always the Detroit game on the road, they would have lost that four nothing last year kind of yeah. Yeah, we talked about them being boxed out of games. Yeah. I I mean it's not good to lose. They got some things to figure out here. Um 
but but I don't think there's there's as large a gap between them. Like I think they're an average team. Like I said, I think right. they'll be able. I think there's some teams they'll be able to beat up on. I think there's a group of teams they'll go 500 against, and there's a group right. of teams they're not quite there yet. But again, we're not completely healthy either, correct? No, no. I mean, Russ, Russell will help. Uh, Davidson will help. Davidson will help. Even Kajula might be able to help when he blossoms into a guy. But Hendricks is like a personality guy that would help a lot. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he would add something for sure. Kevin, thanks for calling, buddy. Thanks, boys, and I'll try to turn this Calgary City around and be an Oilers fan. Okay. (laughs) Right on. I want to quickly do the out-of-town scoreboard because there were a lot of games tonight. Rangers pound the Canucks 7-2. The Senators beat the Flyers 3-2 in a shootout. Hurricanes over the Sharks 1-0. That is good for the Oilers. Blue Jackets upset the Capitals. Well, Blue Jacks have a good record. Maybe that's not an upset. But uh, they beat the Capitals 2-1 in overtime. Maple Leafs over the Predators 6-2. Panthers beat the Habs 4-3 in overtime. Weird game winner. Ekblad broke his stick. It still went in. Lightning over the Red Wings 4-3. Blues beat the Sabres 4-1. Calgary wins 1-0 over the Wild. The Jets beat Chicago 4-zip. Devils 2, Stars 1 in overtime. And the Avalanche beat the Kings 4-1. Oilers play the Kings next. Rob Brown, you got 15 seconds. Yeah, and an important game. You know, this is, you don't want the road trip to get away from you. Uh, I don't know if this is a, a game that is a must win or a game that they should win, but it's a game they should be competitive in. And if they get, they get a little puck luck, this could be uh, the start, hopefully, of them turning it around. All right, so that'll be a 7 o'clock face-off show on Thursday. The game in L.A. will start at 8.30. Bob Stopper has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. You can get more on the Oilers on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, including a post-game interview with Leon Dreisaitl that we didn't get to tonight. Ducks take it 4-1. My name is Reed Wilkins. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre.